Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have an assigned seat like Kirk and Brian? <laughs> Speak loudly. You do? Yeah. It's a tall time, yeah. Oh, okay. I just get it really early. Okay. <laughs> I moved up today because I want to talk about trick plays. We ready? <laughs> That's funny. Open it up and then raise your hand if you ever question. Obviously, excited to get a, a big road win. Um, you know, as I said post game, uh, great environment. I, I think West Virginia's got a lot to be proud of um, in terms of their fan support and um, uh, just the, the, the atmosphere of the game. And uh, Coach Brown definitely has them uh, headed in the right direction. Um, and then, you know, this, this week speaks for itself. Extremely um, excited uh, to. You know, start preparing. Obviously, that began a little bit last night, but but mostly in earnest uh, this morning. Um, so I, I hadn't had a whole lot of time to, to study them just yet. But um, uh, we'll be burning the midnight oil tonight, uh, trying to figure out a way to score some points and and hopefully hold them uh, to something reasonable uh, with that that offense they have. Um, Injury update, uh, Cade Brewer is progressing and, and will progress into uh, practice. He did not have a concussion, uh, which was good. Uh, Chris Brown with his uh, thigh contusion uh, will progress into practice tomorrow. DeMarvion Overshawn is um, kind of the highlight. Uh, ran really, really well uh, yesterday on the side uh, of practice and um, uh, we we plan to practice him, barring any setbacks on on Tuesday. Um, kind of work him into practice. Obviously, we're not going to just throw him in and you know run him a million snaps. But um, you know he he looks like uh, again, uh, barring any setbacks, that he'll be available this week. Uh, Jordan Whittington is is doubtful but progressing. Um, you know, so I, I think you know having him this week was. Maybe a bit of a pipe dream, but um, uh, he has not had setbacks. He, he said, I asked him yesterday, he feels much better than, than he did um, after the first surgery that he had in, in high school. So um, excited to get him back soon. Uh, and then Colin Johnson practiced um, full yesterday. So again, barring any setbacks, we, we plan on, on him playing as well. Questions? Start at the left, Chip. Tom, can you uh, can you talk about Oklahoma's offense, especially their running game? Um, I think they're averaging 7.8 a carry. What you're seeing, how they're different uh, in the running game this year than maybe in, in recent years? Yeah, and not a whole lot different. Obviously, they're going to hang their hat on on the, the counter tray play and 
um, an inside zone. Uh, it's what they do. It's what they've been doing since Coach Riley got there. Um, I think probably the only difference, uh, you know, is is the design quarterback runs. Um, I haven't watched a ton of them offensively, um, you know, throughout the season. You know, when you, you do get a spare minute, we, you know, you, as an offensive guy, I try to throw on, you know, their offense or Ohio State's offense or, uh, you know, some of the prolific offenses just to see what they're doing. And, um, you know, Jalen Hurts is a, a different different animal back there in terms of the style uh, of run game. Obviously, Kyler, uh, dynamic, dynamic runner, but uh, just was, was used a bit differently. So um, a ton of respect for how adaptable I think that, that that offense, you know, kind of evolves over the years based on personnel. Uh, but they're going to hang their hat on counter tray zone and, and now the added element of uh, some quarterback runs. In the Brian? Yeah, I wanted to ask about Jay. Uh, the, the, the games I've seen, Tom, he, he's literally running in the open. With, there's no one around him. I mean, is that – you got to cover C.D. Lamb and, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, all those, uh, Charleston Rambo and all the, and Theo Weiss and all those guys. So. Yeah, so maybe it's that, but is it their blocking? Is it him? Is yeah. it what his defense they played terrible? I mean, what, what was it? No, um, again, I think you know, his scrambles, I think, are, are, are probably what you see him get the most open on um, because once you do realize it's pass, I mean, you, you better go better go cover those guys. Um, and so that, that leaves some, some pretty big voids um, in the field. Uh, and then, you know, in the quarterback run game too, I mean, it's, it's why we um, believe in it uh, to a certain degree that, you know, you, you, you literally have added an, an extra player um, and that ability to block uh, for the quarterback. So both of those two things combined allows him to, to find a lot of space in the run game. And then a big picture question. Uh, you've been in the rivalry game two years now, played them again in Arlington. Uh, but the Cotton Bowl itself, I mean, has this game lived up to the hype in your mind of what you thought it was and what it means for Texas and what this game means for Texas fans? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think there was some uh, you know, public opinion that, that having the championship game, you know, being uh, in Dallas as well, um, and then when it, it does, when we're fortunate enough to, to uh, be in that game against Oklahoma, that it would diminish maybe the... Um, mystique if you will of, of the Red River showdown and, and it hasn't in my opinion at all um, it is one of if not the greatest games in college football you know I've been a part of some pretty cool rivalries uh, in my day uh, the Battle of the Piney Woods is a big one uh, you, I mean you guys chuckle but I mean they hate each other I mean hate each other um, you know, Iowa, Iowa State for three years, and then obviously Michigan, Ohio State for three years. So um, it's been pretty cool to, to be a part of all of those. But this one, it takes the cake just because of, um, you know, it, it being interstate rivals. Um, 
the two states in general don't get along very well. Um, and then to, to have it at, at such a historic venue during uh, the Texas State Fair, um, I think it's cool that it's always on our soil, um, which is um, just the, everything that surrounds the game um, it makes it one of, if, if not the best, games in college football. Steve? Which is kind of in the same vein. The fact that you've seen Oklahoma twice in the last, well, that has been the third time in the past year, does that help you prepare for them better because you have more on film? And the second, can you give us an update on Keontae and his neck and his uh, yeah, he's fully cleared, uh, practiced yesterday, so Keontae's fine. A um, little bit different uh, on both sides of the ball because, um, you know, new defensive staff. Uh, so that changes things certainly from an offensive breakdown standpoint. And then, um, you know, the, again, I think that their offense does such a good job year to year and even throughout the year of adapting itself uh, to its personnel's strength. Uh, you know, quite a few new offensive linemen, uh, obviously the new quarterback with a different skill set, and, and they haven't uh, missed a beat. And so I, I think our defense can glean a little bit from, from the, the last couple of meetings that, that we've had from them, just from, um, hey, who are these people philosophically? Um, but in terms of the, the schemes and formations and, and people that they have doing them, they're, they're quite a bit different this year. Kirk? Yeah. Uh, Lincoln Riley, uh, what do you admire about him as a head coach and what he's done two plus years? And are you guys kind of cut from the same cloth? Well, he's, able to stay, he's been able to stay thin for three years. I know I haven't done such a good job of that in three years of my job, um, so I, I definitely admire that about him. Um, yeah, I just his creativity offensively, um, his ability to um, you know stay so involved in the offense and yet tackle um, the requirements of being a head coach of, of a premier program in, in the country um, and are we cut from the same cloth I don't know um, but I do know before we became rivals you know we, we used to talk a lot of shop and, and you know talk football and all that stuff so we, we share similar philosophies I, I think when it comes to offensive football for sure you far right Joe is the plan to start uh, Deshaun and Anthony at corner again this week? Um, we'll see how they practice. I mean, today's Sunday. If, or Monday, sorry. If they do, what, what's the significance of two guys who play the same position from the same high school now playing at the same university and about maybe be starting this rivalry game? Not much. I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be smart, Alec. I, I mean, they're it's a bit irrelevant, you know, where they went to high school. I think it's kind of a neat story, certainly. Um, but it's not going to, you know, once the ball's kicked off, none of that's going to matter. But, um, you know, we, you know, there's been a lot of good players come out of Houston Lamar. And, um, you know, we continue to recruit that school very heavily. Um, and these two guys um, just happen to be the same grade and, and go to the same school and, and have the 
the ability to, you know, earn their way into to being starting corners at, at Texas. Our middlehead. Coach, the last two games you've been creative with your trick plays, creative plays, both went to touchdowns. Many people are wondering why would you have the trick play late against West Virginia, or was that sending a message to Norman that Tom Herman and Tim Beck like creative, inventive trick plays? No, it was trying to score a touchdown. I mean, touchdowns are hard to score, especially in the red zone. And so um, it was just a, a, a fortunate confluence of events where, you know, the, the right hash, or the, it was on the correct hash in the correct kind of area in the red zone that we had planned on calling that. And, and um, so it, it came, you know, came pretty easily for us to, to call that, and um, I, I think it's again more about you know I, I think what gets lost in in the game of football is how difficult it is to score in the red zone when the the field is that compressed. You know, there's going to be two extra hats at the line of scrimmage in the run game, and when you're throwing the football, you've only got to defend you know a few yards, and uh, so it is extremely difficult and any kind of uh, trick up your sleeve that, that you can find to, to gain an advantage on that um, you know you, touchdowns are as, as you guys know around here you know we don't like kicking field goals in the red zone uh, and so um, we're going to pull out all the stops if you will to score touchdowns down there thank you on your right Sutter it's almost your first memory of this rivalry, and also, what about this game can you as a coaching staff not be able to get them ready for it? We just have to go through it. Um, my first memory, to be honest with you, is as a GA riding through the state fair. I think I've told the story, and um, looking out the window and literally seeing this elderly lady had to have been at least 80 years old going double bird to to the Texas bus and then literally next to her was this like couldn't have been more than eight-year-old boy going double bird to the to the Texas bus so um that uh, I hope I didn't actually put, put that up, but, uh, it, I got close right um, uh, yeah that'd be a meme uh, in a heartbeat right um but it just it 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 speaks to the, the intensity uh, of the rivalry um, that it, it crosses, you know, a lot of different generations. Uh, and then what, you know, what do they have to go through that you can't really teach them? Um, I, I don't I mean, we've played in some pretty big games already this year, you know. Playing LSU at home and, and West Virginia on the road were two two pretty pretty big significant games for us. Um, maybe just r- running out of the tunnel, knowing that that's they always get the tunnel. You know, their fans get the tunnel, and um, that's um, there's a lot a lot of not nice things said. Um, you know, they they do a good job of looking up your your girlfriend's name and your mom's name and all that stuff and and saying things about family members and all that so um, <clears throat> other than that I mean it's 
it, it's it's a big game. I mean, we, and, and these guys, fortunately for us, uh, you know, our young guys, especially as young as we are, we've, we've been in a couple big games already this year. Front middle, Bob, kind of along those same lines. Now that you've done this for a couple of years, and you, I know you've worked tirelessly to, to make this game the only game that matters, next week is the only game that matters, and everything's equal. But with the, the hype. Froud risk. Somebody's, somebody's getting a call from Froud risk. Is that important? <laughs> you should answer that. Yeah. Huh? Should I answer it? <laughs> no, you're, that's, that's, don't answer it. Don't answer it. This is Coach Herman. <laughs> Hello? Good. Can, can he, whoever you're calling, can he call you back? He hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> go go ahead. I'm sorry. Just the 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 mentality of, of you know the, there's only one game that matters, and that's this week. How, how have you been able to? What have you learned in managing this particular week? Just because it is you know, same as LSU, same as you know Sugar Bowl, those type of things. How, how do you manage this week with your guys? I, I think the the biggest thing is in you know your your practice preparation. You know, we have now for two years really studied our, um, you know, our, our workloads um, and, you know, our, our energy output, and, and it, it's through the roof uh, this week. It was the LSU week. Uh, these guys are going to practice really, really hard, so we've got to be cognizant of a staff, as a staff, to make sure that we're on the field long enough to get our work in but that we don't we don't wear them, wear them down. We want to be fresh. Uh, you know, 11 a.m. is pretty early as well, and so uh, we want to make sure we're fresh. But we have, we've also got work to do too. So that's probably the biggest fine line um, in terms of managing this game. Um, and the, the good thing is there there is no. You know, I I, I always get the question when. You're playing La Tech and LSU's the next week, or you're playing West Virginia and OU is the next week. Hey, you know, are you worried about your guys looking ahead? No issues this week. <laughs> there's, there's not going to be any looking ahead, that's for sure. I'm Mark. Uh, Coach, um, when you look at Jalen Hurts on film, I mean, how many uh, of his runs are, are design runs, and how many do you think it's just kind of him improvising? Maybe don't give me a number, but, you know. Yeah, um... I'd probably say, uh, off the top of my head, maybe 30% are designed runs and 60 to 70%. That would have been really bad math. 70% um, are you know scrambles or, or you know busted play that he makes right, kind of one of those things. And then, as it relates to the receivers and how talented they are, how important is it for you guys to get an effective pass rush? So Jalen Hurts doesn't have time to, to be comfortable back there in the pocket. Uh, we, we talked about that at, at length yesterday with the, the defensive staff. You know, we we didn't um, we didn't sack West Virginia one time. You know, and that was um, not concerning because uh, we did disrupt quite a bit. I think we got um, two critical you know PBUs by D linemen on third down, um, and we we did press the pocket. Um, but we've got to do a good job of getting on the edge and, and um, making him feel uncomfortable. If he's got, uh, you know, I think there was there was one play um, 
West Virginia, you know, I think uh, Austin Kendall had like 4.4 seconds, you know, standing back there. Like, I don't, I don't care who you throw out there in the secondary, you know, four and a half seconds is a long time to, to cover somebody. So um, it is needs to be a big part of our game plan is to, to make him feel uncomfortable. Now, again, I've, I've gone on record that the number of sacks is not necessarily indicative of the effect that a that a front can have on a quarterback um uh you know so i don't i don't want to say we have to sack him uh a bunch but we, we do have to make him feel uncomfortable for for us to have a chance in the back end in the middle roger tom facing mayfield and murray now hurts kind of an embarrassment of riches at at quarterback but as a, as a staff and for to Pretty amazing to have to spend guys that are starting quarterbacks in their rookie year, and now another guy that's being talked yeah. about for the Heisman. Number one picks and Heisman Trophy winners back to back years, yeah. Um, and, and you know, I think we've done an admirable job. Um, I think in all three games, in, including in uh, 17 when we weren't real good, we, we held them to uh, significantly less to, to their season average in terms of points allowed. And so um, you're not going to shut Oklahoma out. So, you know, this is not going to be a 10-7 to 7 ball game. And, and we know that. And our kids know that. And, and um, we know that they're going to make plays and they're extremely explosive offensively. Um, but we've got to get critical stops. We've got to, when they do, I mean, they're, they're only averaging like eight third down attempts uh, a game, you know, and uh, averaging 9.9 .9 yards a play. So, I mean, Theoretically, statistically, every time they snap the ball, they're making a first down. You know, so we've got to we've got to limit those big plays. Uh, we got to keep it in front of us and get it into third down. Um, you know, and, and medium to long to where we feel like we can get off the field. But and, and we got to get turnovers. You know, we've been very successful around here when when we've won the turnover battle. I think now that the way I think we're thirteen and two. Um, in our, our three years here, 13 and 2, 14 and 2, something like that, when, when we've won the turnover battle. So, um, you know, we got to make sure that, that we get our hands on some of the balls, too. On your left, Caleb. Tom, being a Texas X and obviously the head coach at UC, um, how would you describe uh, the significance of the hook of hand gesture? Um, not just from a symbolism standpoint, but also where it helps in recruiting and branding? I don't know that it, it, it helps in recruiting or branding. I think, um, you know, all the Texas schools have one. You know, I, I know there's Sikkim Bears and Gigam Aggies and Reckham Tech and, uh, you know, all of all of those hand signs, um, you know, eat them up Cougs, you know, all that. Uh, so, um we think ours is special uh, because of, you know, how historic uh, it is. But, you know, it's special because this place has been pretty dang good, you know, throughout the, the course of the 20th century and in, into the 21st century. And so um, I liked the fact that when we got here, um, we made a, a, a very big point of kind of bringing – it sounds hokey, but our school spirit back, um, you know, I, I think I said very early in, in our tenure here that, you know, 
when you when you walk across campus in, in Tuscaloosa, you say roll tide, you're going to get roll tide set back to you, or war eagle, or, or you know, and uh, in Columbus, you say OH, somebody's going to say IO back to you. And so for for me, it was really important being a graduate here that, that um, we have that same type of school spirit that the, the big boys do in college football. Um, so we don't say hello or goodbye anymore. We, we say hook them, you know, when, when you, and whenever somebody gets done talking in front of the team, they say hook them, you know, and, and do that. And I just, it's important to me because it, it's who we are and every school's got one. And, and, you know, I think ours had, had lost its luster somewhere along the way. And, um, it's, it's pretty neat to see it kind of, um, rejuvenate itself. Danny, uh, Tom, the last couple of weeks with Colin, have there been just been setbacks? Have you guys just been playing it cautious with him, and also with him out? Has he taken up a, this more of a leadership role with you know, mentoring the under receivers like Malcolm and guys who've been? Replaced? Oh yeah, he does a great job of that. Great job. Um, a lot of it goes even unseen by us coaches, and, and we, we just we hear about it. Um, but no, there, there were no setbacks. I think we knew that this timetable was probably the most realistic one. Um, we wanted to be, um, you know, the, the minute we got the MRI. So I, I guess, yes, technically there, there was one. So he, he was not feeling right in, in the LSU game. Um, and, and probably our best guess is the, the, the stretched out catch that he made against La Tech might have started something and then the the LSU game he 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 didn't play like himself didn't didn't feel like himself and so um we shut him down for the rice game and then we thought it was going to be really really minor and then you know in prep for whoever we played after rice was that Oklahoma State yeah then there was a setback that Sunday and so it was immediately um you know get the PRP injection and let's um you know, we knew we had the off week uh, to, to let it heal. And I just felt like the, we knew that the PRP injection would prolong the short-term recovery, but hopefully extend the long-term recovery, meaning that he would be able to, once he does see the field again, hopefully, you know, not, not feel any residual effects and, and not be 90% or 80%, but to truly be 100% when he got back. On your right, Jim. Tom, it's so much of Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma is about their offense, but what do you see in their defense at this stage? Um, I want to talk about them being a three unit. Um, what's your handle on them? Right yeah, uh, in, the, in the little couple hours that, that I've watched them, uh, they are really, really flying to the football. Um, not not extremely complex in terms of coverage structure, um, but they, they're in the right place. Um, not very many busts, um, not turning guys loose. Uh, and the, the thing that's a bit unique is just the, the multiplicity of their defensive front. They're, they're, they're stemming and moving and twisting on, on almost every snap, um, which is difficult on an offensive line, to be honest with you, to, to try to target a guy and then all of a sudden he's moving on you. Um, so, so that'll be a huge, excuse me, a huge point of emphasis um, 
for our offensive line is to be able to handle all the movement up front. Um, and then you know, in the run game, we've got to do a good job with our down downfield blocks because when they're in quarters coverage, those quarter safeties are, I mean, they're, they're screaming downhill to, to become the two extra hats in the run game. And um, I've been impressed with, you know, uh, Coach Grinch and, and his short time there and the, the level that, that they're playing at right now. Front, right? So I wanted to ask you about a specific drive in the second quarter um, against West Virginia. You had uh, Wiley, Washington, uh, Kirk Johnson on the field. And the thing was that you had, basically had the backups in there when it was still crunch time. It wasn't it wasn't mop-up time at all. And I wonder, was that a is that a reward or was that a conscious effort on y'all's part? Hey, let's get some young guys out here, get them some experience when it counts. No, it was, the, you know, Malcolm Epps can't play every rep in a game and, and Cade Brewer can't either. So um, it was just kind of time to give those guys a, a breather. And um, I, I think, you know, Marcus and Jared, I'm, I'm glad you brought those two guys up. They're going to be phenomenal players here. Really, really good. The, the upside on those two young offenses. All of our guys have, have tremendous upside, but because you brought those two up, um, you know, we, we feel like, you know, Jared could go in a game right now and, and um, you know, I want to say not miss a beat because Kate Brewer's playing really, really well, but, you know, um, it would not be disastrous if, if he had to play a significant <coughs> amount of, of time. Aren't you right, Joe? It seems like with Marvion being out at DJ. <clears throat> for stretches of games that you know, run a modified Cowboy package with them likely being available, should we see it how it was against LSU and earlier in the season? Um, probably. You know, you're, you're still missing Josh um, uh, and Jalen and, and Caden uh, in the secondary. So um, we'll probably be one deep uh, in that Cowboy and if, if if somebody goes down, you know, not really be able to to play it much. Got time for two last ones, Kevin, and then Roger. Tom, uh, it's thinking about Oklahoma's quarterbacks. I think it's kind of been running through them pretty quick here in the last couple of years. You've had a little time to develop a guy. You talk about what that's like to be able to have time to develop a quarterback and the growth you've seen from Sam. Oh, I mean, you know, my – Admiration, affection, love for Sam Ellinger is, I hope, very well documented. I mean, I, I, I love him like a son. Um, we've got a great relationship. Um, he's mature enough to know when it's, when it's time to have fun with each other and when it's time to be coach player um, and yes sir, no sir. Um, and that has developed. That takes time. It, it really does. And... Um, We've grown to trust each other uh, quite a bit, and um, I've just been so impressed with with his development as a player. We we, we knew all of the intangibles were there as a young freshman, um, but to see him develop into the, the quarterback that, that he has has been um, Really impressive, and and again, that's a testament to Tim Beck. Tim Beck uh, and him have a phenomenal relationship, and I, I know Sam would credit him with a lot of his improvement. Um, and again, I, I don't think it can be um, 
you know, overstated. I mean, the fact that this is the same system for three years in a row for the kid, um, there's a level of comfort in this offense that um, he knows the strengths, he knows the weaknesses, and um, thinking you know and knowing you know are two different things. And right now he knows he knows, and that allows you to allows him to play with with a, a ton of confidence. Last one in the middle, Roger. <clears throat> I know I asked you on the radio Saturday, but again, the, the perseverance of Kirk Johnson, the, the blows he's been dealt in his career to get meaningful carries. I know that's not the objective, but it worked out there. What did that mean, do you think, to him and to be able to see him get the ball? I, I didn't realize it, obviously, until you told me that it had been since 2015 against Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. Um, that, that he carried the football in a game. And um, so I made a point yesterday. I, I pulled him aside uh, right before practice, and I said, man, I didn't realize that. And I looked him in the eye, gave him a big hug, and told him how proud I was of him. And, um, you know, we, we had a little moment, you know, and, and um, it's awesome, awesome story, man, to, to go through all of the things that he has gone through um, in his career here, um, you know, 99% of us would have said, hey, enough's enough. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to walk away and get my degree from Texas and, and go be Joe Citizen. And, um, and he didn't uh, because he loves his place. He loves his teammates. He loves the game of football. Um, and it is, it is just a really, really special story. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs>